morning church welcome let's begin our time together reading God's word to one and each one another would you stand to your feet we're gonna read from Lamentations 3 uh, verse 22 to 24 I'll read the leader part and you guys can read the congregation part because of the Lord's faithful love we do not perish They are new every morning. Grace is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. Amen. Let's sing together of the mercies of Christ. Praise the Lord. His mercy. His mercy is born. Strong. 
what love could remember. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Drawn into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many. Since they are many, His mercy is more. What patience? What patience would wait as we constantly roll? What Father so tender is calling us home? welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, who our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. We stood in the debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is Do you believe that's true? Our sins are many, but His mercy is more. Amen. Amen. 
is worthy of our praise because he is so, so good and so merciful to us. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship together and to give God the glory for all of the things he has done. Sing together to God be the glory. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin and open the life that all may go in. The perfect redemption, the purchase of life to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that
so much for being here. We would love to get to know you. One way we can through, we, we could do that is through a Connect card. That's a little slip of paper on the back side of the seat in front of you. If you would pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be serving you, how we can pray for you. Then after service, if you would go through these back central doors and turn left, you'll see our next steps desk. There you can turn that Connect card into someone who'd be happy to meet you and answer any questions that you may have and also give you a free gift. So welcome guests. We are so glad that you are here today. Well, we're going to join now in a moment of prayer, and as we do, I invite all of us to prepare our hearts for our act of worship later in the service as we give of our tithes and offerings. So would you please join me in prayer? Good morning, Heavenly Father. We thank you that you are a God who walks with us through the hills of life and the valleys, that you are faithful no matter what our circumstances may look like. Lord, this morning we lift up to you our core value of urgent evangelism. We thank you, God, that you have shown your passion toward us, your amazing love. You've rescued us, demonstrated your love for us at the cross. And now we pray that in response to your amazing love, that you would shape our hearts to look a little bit more like you, that you would give us a passion to reach the souls of the lost around us. We think of our neighbors. We think of those around the globe. We think of the great need that people need to know you, Jesus, to experience healing and salvation. So we pray that you would use us, that we would be your hands and feet, even this week, that you would put people in our lives, that you would cross our paths, that you would give divine appointments, that we would meet others in need of you, and that you would use us. God, that you would just allow opportunities to come up in conversation where we could share how great your love is, what you've done for us, and how much you love those around us who don't yet know you. Please use us in evangelism this week. Speaking of evangelism, Lord, we lift up to you our partner in ministry, Carl Porter, this man who is so passionate about spreading your love to those around him. We thank you for the church he's planted in rotten England, and we pray that you would bless that church body as they worship you today. We pray for Carl as, as he does evangelism, as he disciples others, as he preaches. We pray that you would protect him, that you would continue to fill him with your spirit and equip him, open doors for him, that your name would go forth and that many would be strengthened or come to know of your love for the first time. A little bit closer to home, Lord, we lift up to you a number of health concerns, things that are on our hearts. We lift up to you Dorothy Webb and her family. We praise you for her nephew, Dave, who is you are answering prayers and who is recovering from a serious illness but our hearts are also heavy with Dave's son recently passing away Brooke so we pray for this family and the loss they're going through we pray for Dorothy and everyone involved in this that you would be so near to them we also pray for the family of Pastor Derek Browning thank you for what a blessing this family is to us with the recent loss of Derek's grandfather we pray that you would continue to minister to this family being so close to them, and we pray that you would continue to use the legacy of Derek's grandfather to draw many close to you. Please be so near to the Brownings now. We also pray for Jim Dalwick. Lord, with the news recently of precancerous cells in his mouth and another surgery, we ask that you would bring healing. We pray that there would be no complications, that these bad cells would be gone for good, and that you would be so near Jim and his family now. Please bless Jim. We pray for healing and just your presence to be so close. Our hearts also go up to the Sousa family, Father. We pray that you would be with Emily dealing with health complications now. Please be with Mike and Don as they care for her. We pray for healing and just removal of pain. Please be with doctors involved in that situation. 
Lord, these are just a few of the things in our hearts, and you know of the concerns in each of our lives. We lift up all of these to you. And Lord, most importantly, we come to you now with our greatest need in a moment of confession. All of us are sick, sick in our sin. We have sinned against you. We have separated ourselves from your holiness as we have fallen short of your holy standards. And we thank you that that's not the end of the story, though, that you have sent your son, Jesus, God the Son incarnate, to walk on this earth, to live a perfect life, unlike all of us, yet he died the death that we deserve, that I deserve. We thank you as he died on the cross that he bore your wrath, your judgment that we deserve. And because of his sacrifice, we can be forgiven, that you can give us a new beginning, a new life. And we pray that for each of us here today, Lord, that you would forgive us, that you would wash us clean, and that we would walk anew in a, in a relationship with you. So thank you, God, for your amazing love. We continue to praise you and worship you here this morning. In Jesus' name. Let's continue this spirit of worship as we look and hear from God's word in Psalm 62. Uh, as, we as I read this aloud to you, would you listen and let it be a, a balm to your soul as we've just confessed our sins that we can trust in God uh, to save us. So this is Psalm 62. I'm going to read it to you. I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. How long will you threaten a man? Will all of you attack as if he were le a leaning wall or a tottering fence? The only plan to bring him down from his high position. They take pleasure in lying. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Salah. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. In my stronghold, I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God, my strong rock. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Selah. Come, common people are only a vapor. Important people, an illusion. Together on a scale, they weigh less than a vapor. Place no trust in oppression or false hope and robbery. If wealth increases, don't let your heart, don't set your heart on it. God has spoken once. I have heard this twice. Strength belongs to God. And faithful love belongs to you, Lord, for you repay each according to his works. Would you stand and let's sing together and rejoice in being repaid not according to our works, but according to the works of Christ. And let's put our hope and salvation in Christ alone. Comforter, 
Christ, the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking for Amen. We continue in worship. Let's make this our prayer that God's will would be done among us as we sing. Your will be done, my God and Father. 
Good morning, and turn into your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 22, Luke 22 and verse 14. If you are using the Pew Bible that's in front of you, you can use page 935, 935. If you're going by your own, you can go to the middle of the Bible, hang a right, you'll get to Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke. There you are, chapter, big number, chapter 22, Luke chapter 22. We are going through a series beginning a series today so hey you're here start of a new series uh, we're getting ready for easter we're going to be looking at the last 21 ish hours of jesus uh, before he died on the cross for us the beginning of thursday around five or six o'clock to 3 p.m on friday when the bible records his last breath we will look at these last hours of how important they are to us and what Jesus was teaching us through them. So let's read beginning in Luke chapter 22 and we'll begin verse 14. When the hour came, he reclined, reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it is with you, uh, sorry, let me try that again. I fervently desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took breath bread gave thanks broke it gave it to them and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he also took the cup after supper and said this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you but look the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me for the son of man will go away as it has been determined but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. So they began to argue among themselves of which it could be who was going to do it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you as we come to your word, we know, just as we just sang, we want to do your will in our life. We want to be at the very center of it. And being at the center of your, your will means that we know that Christ resides there. He did the will of you, Father. And so, Lord, we pray as we know, get to know him even better over the next couple of weeks as we dive into the last hours of his life, that we see where we can be at the center of your will, that we can join him there, that we can be faithful. And so, Lord, as we learn about this supper of death, may we learn how we may be more faithful to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Every year, it's now a tradition since Frank, I don't know what year it started, but uh, it started with Franklin and his cousin. My parents give them, uh, each grandchild, a photo album of photos that they, uh, of the year. So every year we can go back to a photo album and we've got all these pictures now, you know, with the technology, it's 
pictures we've texted them throughout the year or when we've been together with them throughout the year. And so now every year, it's one of the things that we look forward to on Christmas morning. At some point, the bags of the pictures will come out. And we'll open up the, the picture uh, photo albums and we, we look through them and they're of the great memories of vacations, of silly pictures, uh, of, of things that have happened through the year and they, are, they represent great memories that have happened that year that we can reflect on, celebrate in the Lord and be thankful for. And in the same way, God in his wisdom has given us something that he has given us as a gift that we can think about, remember, and reflect back of what he's done through Jesus Christ. When we come to the Lord's table, we have been given a remembrance, a way for us to invoke memories and a remembrance of what Jesus did, the events of history in which Jesus died on the cross for us. And in this Lord's Supper, Jesus gave us a meal for us to evoke a memory, a remembrance of what he did. It was like when he came and gathered at that Passover meal, he was telling his disciples, as he was telling us, he said, I am giving you something uh, that is going to both teach you what's going to happen in the next 24 hours, but it's something that you're going to want to remember until I come back. Because the next hours of my life are important, and I'm going to want you to remember it. And Jesus uses the, the Passover meal as a way to teach what would happen to him, but also as a lasting memorial for us to remember what he has done for us. This remembering or this memory that he has called us to obey is more than just a mental exercise. It's a remembering that redefines and shapes who we are. It's a way for us to understand that cancels our self-centered life story and places us in a grander narrative of what God has done in human history. It's a training exercise of our new mind and our new heart to set on our new identities because Jesus knew, God knew that we would need something to remember, to keep training our mind, to look back, to look back at the cross and remember who we are. Because often, we as Christians, we even ourselves forget our identity. We forget who we are in Christ and whose we are in Christ. Often, we as Christians still forget that God is faithful and we need a way to remember Often we forget the gift of gathering as a local uh, reflection of Christ's church and remembering of what Christ has done. And in doing so, the Lord's Supper has been established to remind us of all these things and more. It's a memorial of what Christ has done. Now, that is why it's so important for us because for those who are believers in Jesus Christ, who have been saved, converted by the Holy Spirit, that we've trusted in Christ, that we've been born again, that we come to this meal knowing what it represents. A Christ who has died for us. A new way to live. 
a gospel truth that we proclaim to ourselves and to a watching world. And that, that is why that when we take the Lord's Supper, we are so clear that a couple of things, that it's a remembrance. It's not salvific. It doesn't save us. It doesn't get us closer to the throne. It doesn't get us more saved or closer to being saved. The, the Lord's Supper tells us that what Christ has done already in saving us is true and we need to remember it. But we also understand that it's important that when we speak or we fence the Lord's table, so to speak, that it is for believers. Because only believers, only people who are saved, can truly remember and know what the significance of this is. That truly know that Christ did to overcome our sins. To, to understand that we are truly saved in Christ. And it is in this remembering that we are communicating it to ourselves, staking our claim and life on it, and communicating it to others. So in the last 24 hours of Jesus, this important event, Jesus teaches us to remember. And in the Lucan account of these events, in these last hours, we see that there are three reasons the supper was important to Jesus and a teaching for us to remember. So number one, if you're taking notes on your phone or in the back of the uh, bulletin, number one, the supper reminds us God keeps his promises. The supper reminds us that God keeps his promises. Well, verse 14, it says, the hour comes near and he reclined at the table and he says, I fervently desire to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. These important opening words of Jesus help us to be reminded that, uh, that God is a God who keeps his promises and it's a promise that we want to remember. We would know that this would be the Passover meal that Jesus did. He was gathering his friends and, and now knowing what those last hours were like, it was, a, it was sort of a last time for them to be together, a last time to share a meal, but, but an important event for them. It wasn't just a birthday party or a holiday party. It wasn't just a get-together. It wasn't Taco Bell's fourth meal. It was an event of saying goodbye, but more than that, teaching what Jesus wanted to accomplish. You know, I remember that we and me and my friends when we were in high school and we were all had just graduated and we were all about to go our separate ways. We gathered together at my parents' house as we would normally do. And we, would, we went down the basement. My, my, my mom made the baked spaghetti, which was my friend's favorite meal that they made. And we ate baked spaghetti, and we probably watched a wrestling pay-per-view. And, and we, uh, we, we, we wrestled afterward. I'll just be honest. We, we probably wrestled after that. And then it was sort of like our, our goodbye, that goodbye to one another. This is our, the last time we probably would be together uh, in that sort of way. And, and in that way, we remembered all the good things that God had given us. And in this same way, Jesus brought them together, but to teach them what they have seen in him is just as important what they're going to see in the next 24 hours. 
And what was going to happen was to remind them that God keeps his promises. Now, how do we know this? Well, the, the Passover meal was what he said that they were having. The Passover meal that we know that was instituted when uh, God was saving his people out of Egypt. That the last plague was a, a plague on the firstborn children and that God was going to save his people by bringing Pharaoh and Egypt to their knees by killing their children and that his people would be protected by putting blood across their doorpost and that they would celebrate in this meal together. As a matter of fact, it is written in Exodus chapter 12, the blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day is to be a memorial for you, and you must celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute. Now, God gave specific instructions to the meal in that time, and then every generation of Jewish people would celebrate this meal remembering what God did when God promised to his people that he would bring them up out of Egypt and give them the promised land that he would uh, make Pharaoh let his people go they were reminded every time God is a God who keeps his promises but Jesus took the meal and amped it up because he said yes God is a God who keeps his promises but there's a greater fulfillment that's coming there's a greater thing that God keeps his promises about all of his children are going to the promised land everyone in Christ is going to a promised land not just in Jerusalem and in Judea but in heaven with him and he says, I'm not going to take this meal again till I am in the kingdom again. What is he talking about? What is he saying here? Jesus is saying that he's going to his death. and He's not going to eat this meal with them again. There were signs that he was giving them. He was teaching them. This was going to happen and they didn't understand. But he said, it's going to happen. But I am pointing you to another supper, and a more important supper, the one when the kingdom comes. What is this, brother and sister? This is the marriage supper of the Lamb. When those of the redeemed, those who have been saved by the true Lamb of God, the one who was sacrificed in our place, the one that we come together with him for all eternity. In Revelation 19, 7-9, it says, Let us be glad, rejoice, and give him glory, because the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has prepared herself. So she was given fine linen to wear, bright and pure, for the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. He also said to me, these words of God are true. Brother and sister, as God had fulfilled the first Passover meal by saving the Israel from Egypt, he too is saying, through my son, the true lamb, I will save you all. 
brother and sister, we can be sure that he is a God who keeps his promises. And even when we look around and we're confused as what's happening in the world, when we're confused at what's happening in our life, when we don't understand why we are and where we are, we understand no matter what happens in this world, God keeps his promises. The Bidi Anyabwile observed this, as even the most wicked and desperate acts of men cannot overthrow the plan of God. Even the cruelest betrayals come through the sovereign hands of God. God is always at work in such suffering to bring to pass his ultimate good plans. And he works through tragedy to accomplish our salvation and bless his people. Jesus is saying God keeps his promises. In the supper, Jesus states what will fulfill the prophecy of the Lamb the suffering servant, who he is, is in the same way the promise of our future glory can be depended on. The supper is a declaration that God is saying, I will keep my word. Trust me. Trust me. Brother and sister, is there something that you need to trust God with today? Is there something that you have a vice grip hold on and you don't want to trust God with? Are you trusting God will keep his promises to you? Have you, friend, coming here today, maybe as an invitation of another believer or a friend wanting to learn about Christianity, learning about church life, have you trusted in Christ as Savior? Brother, sister, friend, I encourage you, you can give your whole life in his hands because he is worthy to be trusted this meal Jesus is saying everything that has been written about me is true and it's going to come to pass in the next 21 hours and everything that I'm going to accomplish will be for your good you can trust me number two the supper reminds us of his substitutionary death the supper reminds us of his substitutionary death. In verse 19, he says, He took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This was a special time to the Jews, this Passover meal. It was a time celebrating their escape from Egypt. And it's familiar with this God's spirit coming over the land and, and those who, who he struck down, the firstborn. But God gave a way, a way of redemption that a substitute, a, a lamb could be slain and their blood could be put over the doorpost and that the Spirit of God would pass over that home, that house, that family, and they would be protected. Well, brother and sister, in the same way, this last Passover meal that Jesus went, he taught us that he was the true fulfillment of this meal. That the lamb that was slain was him. That his blood, his life, would be poured over us. Why we, why we Christians are, are kind of, maybe to unbelievers, 
gory people. Why do, you, why do Christians get around and talk about the blood of Jesus? They have songs about blood. They, they always talk about blood. Why is this a, such a... They're gory people because we know that it is in the blood of Jesus we are clean. It is because of the sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, our sins are paid for. And most importantly, that Jesus was the substitute for our sins. Brother and sister, Jesus is teaching us that you deserve death and punishment and wrath. And just like the Spirit of God coming over, we deserve to be struck down because of our sin. But oh, the mercy and grace of Jesus that he died in our place for our sins. This feast of the unleavened bread that was reminded of them of the haste in which they left Egypt has taken on a new meaning that the blood of the lamb that was shed in that home to keep them safe from the curse that God would bring is now because of the Lamb of God whose blood is shed so that we might be freed from the curse of sin. And brother and sister, we see these pictures. Jesus used a very simple method to help us display and understand that he used the two elements, two elements of the meal. He used the bread and he said, this is my body. It's a reminder that his body was given. His place was taken. I mean, he took our place. That he came from heaven, he came to earth. That he, as a man, became our substitute, a perfect man on the cross. God came as a man to earth. The second of the triune God was present on earth, teaching us how to live. He was perfect but these disciples would have been reminded his body of everything they saw when, they when he called them to come be fishers of men. When they saw Jesus angry at the temple, when they, he miraculously healed many people, when he multiplied the fish and the bread, all these things, they had a snapshot of his humanity and his deity. But in just a few hours, this same body would be spat at and beat and flogged and hung on a cross all because a sinless man needed to be slain for the forgiveness of mankind his body was in our place the wine became a symbol of a new covenant yes it is the blood spilt for Jesus his life poured out for us but even more so that this same covenant meal that God gave to his people is now a covenant meal to say in the new covenant those who trust in my son will be saved and through the death of Christ God rescued his people from slavery to, of sin the Passover meal is to point all of us to have a true sacrifice of him. He, brother and sister, is our true substitute. J.C. Ryle observed the two elements of 
bread and wine were intended to preach Christ crucified as our substitute. They were a visible sermon appealing to the believer's senses and teaching the old foundation truth of the gospel that Christ's death on the cross is the life of man's soul. So when he says, do this in remembrance of me, to a believer, we are saying, he's done this for me. He's taken my place. And as the wrath of God was poured on him, we know it should have been poured on us. But instead, the love of Christ, the love of God is poured on us instead. And as we drink these symbols and eat these, drink these symbols, symbols, we point us to Jesus' loving sacrifice. The, the Lord's Supper then helps us to remember, even with our senses, J.C. Ralph says. So as you taste the bread, remember that as real as that bread is in your mouth, and so real that the Son of God became of man and gave his body for us to have eternal life. And as you taste the sweetness of the juice remember the sweetness of having your sins forgiven because Jesus life was poured out in our place as we take the Lord's Supper we should remember that we were once enemies of God but now we're adopted into his family that we were once condemned in our sin but now we are counted righteous that we were a slave to sin but now we've been set free to serve God that we were dead in our sin, but now we've been made alive. That we were headed for hell, but now we're citizens of heaven. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah! What a Savior. Hallelujah, amen. They knew the old covenants, the symbols of the rainbow, the promised land, the law, but Jesus was establishing a new wonder signed in his blood. A pact that extends even today and forever until we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This pact that if we believe in Him, that we will not perish, but have eternal life. Why did Jesus have to die? He had to die for our sins as our substitute. Which takes us to number three. The supper reminds us who we are in Christ Verse 21 through 23. But look, the, the, one, the name of the one betraying me, the hand, hand of the one betraying me is at the table. For the Son of Man will go away as he is determined. But woe is that man for whom he is betrayed. So he began to, they began to argue which could be the one that was going to do it. Brother, sister, the supper reminds us who we are in Christ. When we come to the Lord's supper here in just a few minutes we will be saying on this i stand on this i believe on this i stake my life and when i come to it i am saying that i am in christ's family see brother sister we are either in or we're not there's not a middle ground there's not a place that we can go that we can hope someone might push us over the line. We are either in Christ's family or we're not. And the Lord's Supper exposes us today 
It exposes who we are, that we are in him and faithful to him, or we're not. Here at the table, Jesus even revealed at his table that there were those who were in, and there was one who was not. This reminds us that we should examine ourselves when we come to the table. We should be reminded and ask, are we in? Are we Christ? Because if we are partaking it, we are saying we are Christ. We have counted ourselves among the righteous. We know that Jesus has died for us and we count our lives as, uh, as his. We know that he has come into us. So those of us who have trusted in him, that we know that, that he is ours. But we must come also asking ourselves, could we be betraying him? Maybe it's we're asking the self, have we ever been saved? And maybe, brother, friend, you're here today that maybe you need to ask yourself, have you trusted in Christ? But we as believers, can we ask ourselves, are we betraying this gospel in which we hope? Are we betraying it in how we live? Are we betraying it in how we, we, we are maybe living in some sort of sin? 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, let a person examine himself in this way, let him eat the bread and drink the cup, for whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are sick and ill among you and have fallen asleep. There's no misunderstanding scripture here that someone who eats and drinks unworthily are, are casting judgment on ourselves because we say on Christ on this I stand yet my life is so contrary to it those can't be rec reconciled so therefore we must examine our hearts but this is what the meal is also about it's about hope if we come to the meal and we find ourselves unworthy then the meal reminds us that it is Christ who has died so that we can be worthy that forgiveness is in him that all we must do is confess and repent and believe on him and he lavishes forgiveness on us so it's a welcome call to all of us to say, is our heart right? And if it's not, run into the arms of the Father who wants to forgive. That the very meal is teaching us through Jesus we can be forgiven. And then those of us must take account that maybe we say until we've confessed, we've got our heart right, maybe we should abstain until we walk out of sin with Christ together. We come and ask Jesus forgiveness and he's willing to forgive, but we must come to him. You know, on Sunday, July 20th in 1969, Apollo 11 landed on the moon and we heard the historic phrase, one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind and Neil Armstrong. But at the end of the day, that great feat that everyone will remember, Buzz Aldrin took a kit that his 
family and his church gave for him a communion kit that he remembered that historic day on the moon with something even more important the death of Jesus on a cross brother sister we need to be reminded of how important this supper of death is the presence as we come together is a reminder for us to seek forgiveness to come to the blood of Jesus to be reminded on this is what we stand and this is how we understand ourselves our identity our life and in God we can trust for our future Johnny Cash once wrote a song a simple gospel song to capture this for those who don't know Johnny Cash we know lots of his story but he came to Christ later in life and one of the songs he wrote is about the Lord's Supper he talks about Jesus gathering with his friends he says I tell you I can tell by your faces that you don't understand the awesome things you felt and seen at the touch of my hand but someday you'll understand it when the father means for you too but for now drink the cup and break the bread and I'll eat my last supper here with you and then he sings have a little bread Simon Pass the wine to James, my brother. Go ahead and eat, fellas, and love one another. Have a good time, friends, because tomorrow I must die, and I'm never going to eat with you again till we eat the marriage supper in the sky. Brother, sister, what a hope that we have in Christ, that when we come to this table, we are reminded of the hope that has happened at the cross the hope that we have that we will see Jesus in eternity fully in the family fully with him let us pray Heavenly Father thank you for this reminder that we need not just songs not just words you've given us the gift of your church of each other the hope of the gospel but even more so a supper that we take to remind ourselves regularly about what you have done thank you Lord now we make it, we pray the blessing on this meal as we prepare our hearts through this song. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet and sing a hymn together affirming what we've just heard and what Christ has done for us.
a seat real quick and let's watch this video together. Hey church, with the deadline for being included in our Salt Lake Church mission team in the next few weeks, I wanted to talk for a minute about one way you can be involved in this mission trip. If you remember, last week I said there were three ways you can be a part of this team. You can pray, you can give, and you can go. Today I want to talk about what it means to go on this trip. As a reminder, we are going to be sending a team that could include moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, families with children and singles. That should mean that we could use just about anybody on this team. We'll be helping with our partner church, Redeeming Life, with their Fueled Up Families event, which is kind of like a VBS with a whole family focus. We will also be doing some door-to-door -door praying and sharing, very similar to our Gospel to Every Home days here. Again, the people to whom we are taking the Gospel in Salt Lake City are very much like an unreached people group in Africa or Asia. Less than 2% of the population of Salt Lake City are evangelical Christians, and there has never been a significant enough Gospel presence in Salt Lake City to produce indigenous church planting movements. That's why we continue to send missionaries, both short and long-term. Here's what it means to go. First, it means being a part of trip training. We will be reviewing evangelism methods, including the three circles and 15-second story, learning some basics about engaging with Mormons and going over trip logistics together. Secondly, it means helping to put together a rope-holding team. I'll explain more about what this means in a later video, but suffice to say this will be a support team that stays here in Northern Kentucky, but is nonetheless vital to your, the success of your trip. Lastly, going in this case means traveling to Salt Lake City with the team the week of July 24th through the 30th for the purpose of supporting Redeeming Life in their efforts to reach the lost in their community. I hope you will prayerfully consider answering this call. Fundraising will begin as soon as we finalize the team. A couple of quick announcements before we do our offering, and then we'll have a Lord's Supper following that. A couple of quick things. First of all, our Easter celebration is coming up April 1st as one of our largest uh, outreaches to our community where we do an Easter egg hunt and have many families. We'll have probably families fill this sanctuary uh, for that. So we encourage you. There are empty eggs that you can go fill, fill for us. So you get the little small candies and stuff them in the eggs and then returning back to us. Or you can just uh, get candy for us and bring it here and drop it in the box. Uh, we need those done before March 26th. So uh, if you can help us out in that regard, we uh, would appreciate it. Uh, also, uh, the deadline, as Mark said, uh, is next Sunday uh, to let him know if you're interested in this trip. We pray that you will and that you'll take part of this important trip to help our sister church in Salt Lake City. Also, we encourage you that if you have a child of age uh, four or three, three or four, uh, the Crossroads Preschool is uh, having our uh, Hebron Baptist uh, kind of your pre-registration so you kind of get in before it's open uh, to everyone else in the community. So if you're interested in that, uh, contact Terry Bungenstock. Today is the deadline, so you need to call her uh, this afternoon and let her know uh, about that. And then uh, we will have our fellowship luncheon uh, later on. I will give, give you information about that at the end of our service. So at this time, we've worshipped through song and through prayer and through the word. We have an opportunity to give of our tithes and offerings. 
It's a reminder that this helps to support and scholarship people to go on mission trips. So your faithful giving is important. You can give by giving physically as the plates are passed, or uh, if you give electronically, there's a QR code that is uh, on the pew in front of you, and you can uh, give electronically as well. So let's pray as we give. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning that we have an opportunity to worship you with all that we are, all that we are in you. And Lord, as we will worship you here in a few more minutes through the Lord's Supper, we know that you have given your all to help us to give our all in Christ through our finances. In Jesus' name, amen.
You may be seated. This is a time that we now partake of the Lord's Supper, uh, and uh, we just encourage you that if you have trusted in the Lord and you've been baptized as believers,